For all that many people in here, that show was a week. Good morning. So good morning, everybody. That's good. I like that. Look at your neighbor. Give them a high five. Tell them you're glad to be sitting this close to somebody famous today. Well, how many of y'all ready to have a good time today? Yeah, so welcome today to our 20. 23 Fall Family and Friends Day. Now, we're going to welcome our online congregation too because there's going to probably be a thousand people or so that will watch this on Facebook alone. But for those watching live or archived on YouTube or on uh, Roku or whatever, uh, we want to welcome you, so y'all put your hands together. Just let them hear you. Give them a big welcome. So if that's the camera on right there, I just want to point at you and remind you, you are not an audience. You are a participator. So go ahead and stir yourself, shake yourself, get ready, because we want you to join in with the worship. We want you to make comments if you're on Facebook. That's the only venue we have that you can leave comments on, but we want you to join in and be a part. Now, for the rest of you that are here, once we leave here today, if you'll notice inside of your bulletin, there should be a little slip of paper. It's got like three food trucks in their menu for today. Has anybody looked at that yet? Okay, I got three people really excited about that food truck food today, okay? Has anybody else looked inside your bulletin and looked at that food menu today? Okay, so there's going to be three food trucks, and you can note on there what each food truck is offering. Now, youth group. Let me hear y'all give it up for the youth group today. Now, we mentioned this Wednesday night. Uh, when you get ready to leave, they'll give you instructions at the end before we go out. You'll receive a ticket for your meal, okay? So everything's covered today. So for those of you that are not able to stand in line at the food truck to, to whichever one you decide, we need you, our senior folks, and any of those that are physically impaired or right now, temporarily till the Lord heals you. We want you to go ahead and circle what you want from which food truck. And at the end of the service, somehow we're going to have you to wave that thing, write your name on it, and we're going to get some of our amazing youth right here to come and get that for you. And they're going to get your ticket and they're going to go to the food truck so you can go ahead out to the tables and sit down and they're going to bring your food to you because they're just awesome that way. Today is also a momentous occasion for this ministry because it is our 75th birthday as a church. Yes, praise the Lord God Almighty for what he has done in and through Northview Harvest Ministries. 
And I have said this before, I'm going to say it again. We don't want to be the best church in Scotland County. We want to be the best Northview Harvest Ministries that God has called us to be. That's what we're focused on. Amen. And we don't know how many tens of thousands of lives and families have been impacted over those 75 years. Not until we get to heaven will we know. But I thank God today for what we're doing in 2023, and I'm excited about it. Anybody else? Would you give the Lord a big old shout of praise this morning? And uh, would you mind putting your hands together and welcome Pastor Joyce Blee? She's going to come share some things from our history. a few moments to share uh, some of the history of our church. Um, in the year 1947, North Laurenburg was a growing community but didn't have one place of worship. Now there's about five churches on Lees Mill and a little cluster over there. But at that time, there wasn't one place of worship there. Thank you. Mr. William Ken Priest approached Reverend C.D. Polston with the idea of building a church there. Reverend Polston had just finished an assignment at the Wadesboro Church and was a pastor without a church, in his words. He felt he, he felt to come back to Laurenburg and settle down until his children had finished high school. Reverend and Mrs. Polston were impressed with its opportunity and the need in North Laurenburg, and after much thought and prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to Reverend Polston. These are his own words. In the fall of 1947, while we were having prayer around the breakfast table, the silent voice of God spoke to me, go today and find a lot to start the church on. In obedience, he went to North Laurenburg and began looking for land. He said, I had one $10 bill and no job. Toward evening, he found two lots for sale on Lees Mill Road owned by a Mr. Calder. The price of the land was $200. The owner accepted the $10 bill as a down payment with the promise that the balance would be paid in two weeks. God provided the money, and with the land paid for, Reverend Polston went to the bank to borrow $1,000. Lumber was purchased, and Reverend Polston and Mr. Ken Priest prepared to start the building. Reverend Polston said that the lots were overgrown with high weeds and that he and Mr. Priest knelt there and prayed until they touched heaven before they started work. They enlisted the help of Miss Hazel Coates. Some of you remember what a wonderful teacher she was in our community. And Mr. J.J. Boone from the East Laurenburg Church. Soon, Mr. and Mrs. Early Lett, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson Tucker, and Mr. and Mrs. David Hatcher and their families caught the vision. All of these assisted with the labor and the finances of the building. And this was not the little brick church that you see on Lees Mill Road. It was a little frame building. So the first building that they built was a little frame building, and then the second one that had been built six months prior to our coming in 1970 was the little brick church that remains there. Um, during the fall and winter, while the little white frame church was being built on Leesmo Road, excitement grew, the word spread, and on opening Sunday, January the 4th, 1948, 54 people were in attendance for Sunday school. They all probably all left after Sunday school. That's the, that's the way things worked back then. 
Three months later, South Carolina Conference Superintendent Reverend T.O. Evans officially organized the church. It was Thursday, April 1st, 1948, and the following names were recorded as charter members. Reverend and Mrs. C.D. Polston, Reverend and Mrs. J.J. Boone, Mrs. Cassie Lett, and Mrs. Rosa Tucker. None of our charter members are alive today, but I'm very thankful that throughout the 50 years that we've been here periodically, on anniversaries, we've given uh, honor and appreciation to all those who, who went before us. Um, some of those who had pioneered the work were not listed as charter members for various reasons. Records show that Mrs. Jessie Butler joined later the same year, and the next two membership entries were Margaret Kane and Viola McLaughlin. They named the church Northview, which means looking forward, and 60 years later, now, 75 years later, we're still doing that. We stand on the shoulders of those who went before. Others will stand on our shoulders and achieve even more because as great as our history is, as Pastor Tim just said, the best is yet to come. Now, these names mentioned as leaders in the early years, um, I wonder, none of them are alive today. They've all gone to heaven, but I wonder if there are any family members here. Are there any family members here well, first, let's start with the charter pastor, Reverend C.D. Paulson, with his family members who are present. Please stand. Look, look at that. <laughs> Do we have, I don't think we have any members of uh, Brother J.J. Boone and Mrs. Hazel Coates was a, um, didn't marry. Okay, what about members of Miss Cassie Lett? Brian Lett back there. Let's give Brian a hand. What about Rosa Tucker's family? Miss Virginia and Tamina. And Miss Virginia has the distinction of being our oldest living church member. We're glad she's still here. All right, is anyone present for um, uh, Mrs. the David Hatcher family? David Hatcher, yes, there's Joanne, his daughter. Anybody here from the Jesse Butler family? Her granddaughter, Vicki. And Ms. Viola McLaughlin, her granddaughter and her, husband, her family. Uh, interesting trivia regarding our history. East Larnberg, PH, donated pews because they were purchasing new ones. For this was for the little white frame building, which, by the way, was sold and moved over on Turnpike Road and is now another, they bricked it up and it's another little church over there. Um, also, members from Northview assisted in planning the, the Larnberg Church, which is right across the street from KFC. And our first deacon board served as the board for that church as well until it was established. Reverend T.O. McGee, pastor of Springfield PH Church, preached the first revival at Northview. And Reverend J.J. Jackson, who was my pastor growing up, filled in an interim period during that time. I didn't have, I didn't have the dates for that, but filled in an interim period at that time. So for 75 years now, God has used what? That $10 bill. <laughs> and uh, very quickly, I'm just going to highlight some of the things. I mentioned that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Reverend C.D. Paulston uh, 
purchased the property in 1947, then he pastored from 48 to 51, during which time it became an official church and the corner lot beside the church was purchased. Uh, then 1951 to 1954, Reverend and Mrs. B.E. B. Parnell served, and they built the parsonage, which um, when we built across the street, we sold the parsonage, and it's now over. What is the name of that road? I mean, didn't Pete let by that old parsonage? One of the let boys bought the old parsonage and bricked it up. So everything we ever had is still being used somewhere. And, um, and so then, but I listened to these dates, how closely, how quickly, all through the years, the Lord has helped us pay off debts. Um, Reverend and Mrs. W.V. Norton, well, I already had the Paulston family stand, no, nobody's here from the Parnell family, but I believe we have members here from W.V. Norton's family. Would you all stand, please? This is, these are members of Brother Norton's family. And then, Reverend, uh, so look, they built the fellowship hall in, 19, in 1954 to 1955 with Reverend C.D. Paulson came back for his second one-year term, built the old fellowship hall, which is now the food center. And uh, then when Brother Norton was here, he stayed the longest than us. He was here 11 years, and they, uh, they burned the mortgage on the fellowship hall and began raising funds for a new church, or rather Gal continued raising funds for the new church, 66 to 68, Reverend Robert Baxley built the little red brick church over there on Lee's Mill Road. The old church was sold and moved away. That one was the, yeah, that old church was sold and moved away. And so for uh, 75 years of our ministry, these five pastors, one, two, three, five, six pastors, pastored 23 years. And then Pastor Blees and I pastored 50 years. Pastor Tim pastored two, and that makes 75. Can we give all of our pastors a big hand? not going to take the time this morning to, to, to go through all of the history. Perhaps we can do that at some other time or make it available in print form. But wonderful things um, like um, after Pastor and I came <coughs> here, <coughs> excuse me, two lots behind the church was sold and moved for parking. In 1976, we burned the mortgage for the Red Big Church. It was built in 68. We built, we paid off the mortgage in 76, then we brought two lots across the street to build the parsonage on, bought an adjacent house across the street, providing four classrooms and storage, built the new parsonage, sold the old one and moved it. That land was prepared for parking. Look, in 1982, we burned the mortgage for the new parsonage. It paid it off in three years. Um, the first mortgage on the Red Beak Church was paid off in seven years. Um, then we bought the White's house behind, on the other side of us, cleared that off for parking. It was moved. It's over near the Amazing Grace Church. Here's where the time frame got a little tight. 1986, we purchased this property right here, seven and a half acres. Um, eight, 90, 92, Pastor Archie Callahan did his internship. 94 was the groundbreaking ceremony of the church. Now, that was quite a little space in there between purchasing the property in 86 and the groundbreaking in 94. And then it took us a while to build it. We did, actually dedicated it in 98. And so when Pastor was fretting one day about, Lord, why is this taking so much time? All this other stuff we paid off so quickly, the Lord said to him, I don't want to put an old church in a new building. 
I don't want to put an old church in a new building. And so we spent that interim time discipling and, and winning souls and working to the glory of God. So it wasn't wasted time. Some of you may not know that um, the, our, this present property, this present facility ended right there at that exit sign. The other, the, we, we uh, purchased, I mean, later added that wing, that um, church education ministry wing over there. Um, uh, so uh, in 96, we planted a church in Balls, Romania. In 97, we began Hispanic Bible study and outreach, Kim and Anthony um, Villanueva and, and um, uh, um, Sherry Reeder helped us with that. And uh, Suzette did when she was home. She was on the mercy ship when we first started, began that Hispanic Bible study. 1998, we moved in this church debt-free. We built the church debt-free. We did borrow some money to pay the parking lot and, um, and get the piano and paid, paid that off in record time. So in 22, we built the ed, dedicated the new education wing. Uh, let me hurry here. I can't do all of this. 2004 was a mortgage burning for the new wing. Uh, so we, it, we paid, we took two years. We built it and paid for it in two years. Isn't God good? And then, um, that same year, we assisted Larry Poole in building a church in Nicaragua, Nicar, I can't say that this morning. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> and so in 2005, Pastor Pastor Jason Cook did his internship here, and Faye Coates was named our second outreach director. What year? In 2000, we began the Northview Outreach Ministries, which later became known as Restoring Hope, and the first director was Miss Mildred Sessons. And then... Um, uh, then in 2008, we purchased the property where the, white, where the outreach building now stands. That completed a prophecy that the Lord had given to pastor that he was going to clear everything around us. So you see how much it's been cleared all around us. The last remaining thing was where that new outreach building stands. A tractor company was there, and they wanted like $260,000 for a, a, an old warehouse-looking building with a slab of concrete. No, we couldn't do that. So we just moved on out here and got busy doing what God told us to do. Miss Mildred wanted to start that outreach center. We had that same vision to do that. We were already doing on, in seeds form. And um, so in the meantime, uh, she moved to Monroe and her son was operating a major um, uh, center there. She learned a lot of stuff. So she came back here. We had moved into the property and she came to see me and I said, yes, it's time. We got room now. We didn't have any room before. And so they started using the little the little white building back there and then it grew to the point that had, they needed the wing of the church and then it grew to the point they needed the whole church and then you can just drive by there and see how much it has grown and what the Lord has done. In 2009, it was renamed Restoring Hope Center. Um, and in 2010, we had the groundbreaking for the new outreach facility. Now, there's a gap in my history there. I can go get with Chris some time and go back and finish that in. But, um, but throughout that time, God kept us working. God kept us growing. God kept doing things. And so then in um, June of 21, Pastors Tim and Kim joined our pastoral staff. In April of that year, Pastor Tim was named just nine months later, just a birthing season. Uh, uh, he, was, he was named, that we had the transition service. He became the, um, the senior pastor 
In 2023, our pastor emeritus, Kenneth Blees, went home to be with the Lord. Pastor Michael Hunt was added as associate pastor. Two acres behind us was purchased for growth. And that's just a little bit of what the Lord has done. The most important thing that he has done is what I'm going to do next. How many of you in this house today, in the 75 years that Northview has been here, were either saved or healed or... Um, saved or healed or baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, any of those things in the 75 years, would you please stand? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Let's give the Lord praise for that. See, that's the real fruit. That's the real fruit of the ministry. And how many, how many people, I don't know how many of you are here today who were called into ministry out of Northview, but we have about 30 in all in our, in our 75 years church history. Some have already gone on to be with the Lord. But if you were part of ever, ever called out of Northview to be in the ministry, raise your hands or stand up. Let's just have you stand up. Anybody? Okay, let's give them a big hand. If you ever served on a deacon board, uh, now called board of directors, or, or served on staff in any way, and present, perhaps not serving on staff now, uh, any of those things, if would you stand and let us recognize you? Brother Mike. Yes. Yes. And the church has sponsored missions trips to Romania, Kenya, Mexico, Trinidad, Honduras, Nicaragua, I, I almost said it that time, <laughs> Nepal, South Africa, Peru, um, Wales, East, East Europe, Eastern Europe. So our, our vision has not been inward, it's been outward. Proof of that is the fact that, that as well as we can determine, uh, this church, from, not from all the way back to its beginning, but from 2004 to this date, that's how far back our computer goes, has sown $1.8 million into the Restoring Hope Center. That's what you've done. Now, the Outreach Center has um, total uh, dollars value is um, $22 million. $603,613. So I'd say our almost $2 million is quite an investment. How about you? That was quite an investment. I'd, I'd like Pastor Faye to stand uh, and members of the, um, of the outreach who work out there on a weekly or daily basis to stand and remain standing. Um, in, this, in this amount of time since it was formed in 2000, in 2000 44,868 families have been served, 160,352 individuals have been served, and as I just said, the total dollar value dispersed is $22,603,613.03. Now, if you all will remain standing, if you all remain standing, uh, and Sharon, Sharon is standing. She's the Summer Meals um, Director. Anybody who's ever helped with Summer Meals, would you please stand and remain standing? Anybody that's ever helped with Summer Meals, remain standing. Uh, 
Um, we've put pretty much nearly one half million dollars, four hundred forty-four thousand seven hundred fifty-eight hundred dollars into that. No, 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 back up. No, no, sorry. This is how many meals have been served. Four hundred forty-four thousand seven hundred fifty-eight meals have been served. And uh, now, if you've ever helped with Christmas Hope, please stand. Everybody remain standing. If you've ever helped with Christmas Hope, please stand. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Christmas Hope has served 20,498 uh, people, children, people, and, and the Christmas Hope cost has been $920,113, nearly $1 million. And um, Pastor Faye says this is the most important part, and I agree with her. There have been, now I haven't been able to do this since COVID, but we're getting back into this now. Um, 1,891 salvations. Oh, wow. 104 rededications. And total disaster relief was 642,600. Um, $642,119.77. I'm glad I don't have Chris's job. I'm not good with numbers. One more thing about the outreach is that um, through the years, grants have been written by Pastor Faye, Sharon, and others. But recently, Tamara Amos, I'm not Tamara Amos, Tamara Sessons, I just saw Tamara Amos yesterday. Tamara Sessons, please stand, uh, has been well, in Pastor Faye's word, she's after those grants like a dog on a bone. That's what Pastor Faye said. And in the amount of time, how long have you been writing grants now? About six months. They have already been awarded $70,000 and have... And they have nine, $978,710 already asked for hopefully to be awarded at least if even 10 percent of that is awarded won't that be great so look what the lord has done northview let's all stand together and give him praise hallelujah hallelujah remain standing i want to read what pastor Pastor Blee said at our 60th anniversary, today we stand on the shoulders of those who served before us. Reverend C.D. Poston, and he listed all the pastors. We have served Northview since 1970 and are fully persuaded that the best is yet to come. We expect our natural children and our spiritual children in the strength of God to go far beyond past accomplishments. And our present pastor, Tim Hodge, on that same day, gave us this prophetic word, 11-16-08. Your day should celebrate your past. It has been the springboard to where you are. But you are now a threshold of change. Your nation just voiced their heart for change as they elected a new president. Seize the moment. Seize the day. Allow my creativity to flow through you to impact your region. You are not, were not conceived in my heart to be a citywide community church. You are to impact your region. Impact without compromise. You as a body are at a place where you will either become a Kmart that is impoverished, existing, maintaining, or a Walmart. God help us. <laughs> but that... But the Walmart is thriving, increasing, overcoming, overtaking, and taking over. And that's what we want to be, right? There is an entire culture outside your box 
uh, starving for what you have, North, you lead them to your water, uh, to me, and they will thirst no more. As for me, says the Lord, your greatest days are ahead. Managing and maintaining will lead to stagnation. I call you to a new realm. Do not uh, settle. You will find yourselves in a land. If you do, you will find yourselves in a land of mediocrity. Fear not. Advance. I call you to lead. I release you, North New Harvest Ministries, a new dimension of favor. I'm releasing you to a fresh anointing of creativity. You will dig new wells of potential. Christian edu- educators, internet, multimedia, audio, visual, expand your territories to advance the holy kingdom of God. That's what he said then by the word of the Lord, and that's what he's doing now. Can we give the Lord one more praise for what he's doing? I timed myself last night. I did not take this long last night. But uh, but anyway, was it good to know that stuff? Was it good to hear it? Amen. I'd like to invite priest of praise to come on up, please, but the congregation may be seated for just a minute. Pastor Kim, would you come up, please?
awesome God today. God, I thank you for all of those attributes that we just sang. I'm so thankful for this. grace for us today. You're such an awesome God. So we say thank you. And you may be seated in his presence. Thank you, choir.
the announcement today of your coming again. We say thank you, Jesus, for reminding us that we need to keep our lamps trimmed and burning, that we don't need to be caught off guard, that we need to keep the oil in our lamp and keep it burning. Help us not to be caught off guard. Help us to not slumber or sleep, but make us ready and watchful for your coming. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last Sunday, if you have questions about the coming of the Lord, you need to go online and listen to Pastor's message last Sunday. He explained so clearly for us the first and second phase of that second coming. He is coming again, and a lot of things that are happening right now are proof, proof that we haven't ever seen before that he is coming back. So I just encourage you to get ready. Amen. Well, welcome to Northview Harvest Ministries. We've already been celebrating, haven't we? I want to thank all of you for acknowledging my birthday, all the text messages and Facebook messages, and for singing to me today. I'm going to tell you, this has been a different one. This is the first one without my dad ever. So I want to thank you for showering your love on me and for letting me feel, feel that, because y'all know if you've lost a parent, it's a different thing, isn't it? So thank you so much for honoring me on my birthday. I appreciate it so much. So if this is your first time with us today, on your bulletin, there's a form on the back that says, first time here. It just tears right off. If you will tear it off and fill that out. At the end of the service, as you exit these doors to your right, there is a welcome center. And if you will go to that welcome center and take this form with you, we have a gift for you. Also, there will be a care team ministry out there, and they will minister to you if you have any questions. If you um, want prayer, they're out there to do that for you. So please take advantage um, of that today. Please make sure that you visit the Welcome Center. A few announcements. Um, first of all, let me dismiss Children's Church. So Children's Church, you may be dismissed right now. I think we're practicing the Christmas program. So y'all go ahead and go. Look at these beautiful kids. Yes. There will be no corporate prayer tonight due to family and friends day. We'll be here a lot of the afternoon, so there will be no corporate prayer. Also, when you came in, if you noticed, there were two large blue buckets. What do you call them? Barrels. Yeah, not a bucket. They're barrels. They're huge. And they are labeled, and for one of them, we are collecting candy for our chunk or treat that's coming up on the 31st, so you can bring candy for that, and you'll see it's labeled. And then the other one is labeled for Falcon, Falcon Children's Home. Mom, I think it's catching. I can't pronounce words either this morning. For Falcon Children's Home, and we are collecting trash bags, every size trash bag. So Falcon Children's Home is an orphanage sponsored by our denomination, by the South Carolina Conference and our, um, the rest of our IPHC. And so they have a huge building. And, you know, if you, we use a lot of trash at home with two people. So I can only imagine how much trash and trash bags they use for a bunch of kids there. So any size, the bathroom size, the outdoor kind, the tall kitchen bags, whatever you can bring and put in that uh, barrel, we would appreciate it. Also, as I mentioned, we do have Trunk or Treat coming up. Who's excited about Trunk or Treat? Yes, we're going to have a good time. Um, there is a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center, so if you're willing to bring your trunk, because you got to drive here, right? So you have a trunk here, and decorate it for us and pass out candy to the kids. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have come in here first and have devotion with the kids. And then they're going to go out and trunk or treat, and there's going to be all kinds of activity. So we will ask you this. Please no scary 
no occultic looking things for our trunks, okay, here at the church, no witches, zombies, demons, Freddy Krueger, you know all those things. We don't want that, okay? There's enough scary stuff. We just want the Holy Spirit here, right? <laughs> so we want our trunks to be nice. And also, kids, we ask that you dress up in things that are not scary as well. Now, we can't control what the community does when they come in. That's okay. But we want to represent Holy Spirit, right? Yes. So we're excited about that. We are very, very, very. And I'm not going to tell the secret, but uh, we got a special surprise trunk. Coming up from the Blees, the Hodge, and the Pravats. So, just wait till you see. It's going to be cool. It's starring Sister Blees, so you just wait and see. <laughs> sneak. Just a little sneak there. So, um, it was not her idea. We talked her into it. So, anyway. We are excited. This is Family and Friends Day. And um, Sharon's going to be giving you all the details today. But I do want to mention, if you eat gluten-free, if you cannot have gluten... The food truck, the Burger Bros, that's going to be out there, they will have gluten-free options. So all you have to do is go to that food truck and ask. And for our dessert, we're having Debbie cakes, but we also have gluten-free cookies, homemade and Oreos, if you're not eating gluten. So we tried to make sure everybody was covered. And if you'll notice that menu, it is huge. So if you cannot find anything to eat on this menu, I don't know what is wrong with you. <laughs> Because there, there's a little bit of everything. So we're excited that we were able to do that this year. So we're very excited. Are you excited to be here? Yes. So at this time, it is time to give. Yes, time to give. And we're going to ask our ushers to come forward. And if you need a tithing envelope, if you will raise your hands, they will give you one. Okay, so if you need one of those. As always, we thank you for those that give online because we know a good majority of our church these days gives online. And if you'll notice the screen, it will tell you the ways that you can give here to Northview. And we're very excited about offering that to you. And we do thank you for however you choose to give. We thank you for that. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen, you can come forward if you're done with that. We want to ask you to, if you're going to give in-house today, if you haven't given online, if you would prepare yourself now to give. And I just wanted to say, with all the history that we just heard, is this a good place to sow seed? Amen. Amen. This is a great place to sow seed. You know, just like a farmer, if you go to plant or you just have a small garden at your house, you don't just go out there and throw seed outside, right? Is that what you do? No, you prepare the land, and it has, the soil has to be good, and you have to water it. And that's what we do here with the seed that God blesses us here at Northview. So we want to ask you to stand, and if you will come, if you're giving this morning, and present your offerings to the Lord.
gentlemen, if y'all make your way over there. Oh, we got this big studly usher over here on this side today. That can't be Mr. Wyatt. Is that Mr. Wyatt? Gabe, would you pull up my, uh, my slides so we can make our confessions over the offering, please, sir? <clears throat> Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 13 says, you shall eat good by the fruit of your lips. The fruit of your lips are your words. We're not naming it, claiming it. We're not blabbing and grabbing anything. We're just lining our words up because our words are the thermostat of our lives. So we're lining our words up with the word of God and the kingdom of God. So let's make this confession, this faith-filled confession over our offering today with me. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, Interest. And income. Yes. Debts paid off. Yes. Expenses decrease. Blessing and increase. Whoops, sorry. All right, Gabe. I got it up here, I believe. I don't it disconnected. Take it. There we go. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs. That right there. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let's do the next one. There is abundance. Father, we thank you that you are our provider. Everything that we have comes from you. As the scripture says, it is in you that we live and we move and we have our being. And Lord God, we look to you, not just to meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory, as awesome as that is all by itself. But Lord, the psalmist said you anoint our heads with oil and our cup runs over. So I pray today that everybody under the sound of my voice would never settle with just enough. Never settle with a cup half full. Never settle with a cup that is full. That we'll be content with whatever you have ascribed to our lives. But Lord, we will always be looking for the overflow. And not just that we can be a narcissistic bunch of people, but that we can be a people who minister to the needs of others out of our own and out of our overflow today. We bless this offering in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. 
How many have enjoyed this service so far today? Hadn't this been awesome? Wow. 75 years. I think somewhere back in my past, I would have thought, man, that's ancient. That's forever. But you know what? Now at 58 years old, 75 is not a long time. And all of the experts and sociologists now are saying 70 is the new young. So I figured I'm about an adolescent early teen right now. And I'm just going to walk, walk with that and run with that. I don't know about anybody else. What do y'all think about it? Should we just keep it as it is? And let's just, let's just say, hey, we're going to do what the Lord wants because he is good all the time. I'm not going to be preachy today, I don't think. I just want to share my heart on some stuff. How many of you believe, as was mentioned earlier, how many of you believe that God is good to us? Well, yeah, you can go ahead and thank him for it. The Bible teaches us that, sorry, I just bit that breath, man. It just like exploded into a million pieces. Y'all hold up a minute. I put it in my mouth to help keep me salivated while I was up here and that just like went to a million pieces and I'm like <laughs> I feel like I'm talking like this right here so you just hold up <laughs> by the way my name's Tim Hodge I'm the senior pastor here and I don't put on airs for anybody what you see is what you get so if this is your first time thank you for being here but this is as good as it gets right here okay <laughs> Thank you. As we live in this day and time, folks, in this culture, this generation, this era, everybody say era. era. There's a particular ver word that is used. The New Testament of the Bible was written in Greek, and, and there's a Greek word that is used for era or a timeline of earth history. And it's actually where we get the word eon. Anybody ever heard that word? Like, hadn't seen them in eons or something like that? Just means a long time. So eon, that Greek word actually refers to it as a big expanse of time. And this world, folks, from the time that God started the creation, let me tell you, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what Fox says, CNN says, ABC or CBS, no matter what your doctor says or your lawyer or your banker or your spouse or your kids, let me go ahead and tell you something. God is always in control. He's got it right there. I wish somebody would shout amen or something. He's got it right there. So in this stuff that we're facing in this eon, now I said eon means a long expanse. It's a big part of time. It's a big chunk, cut a chunk of the cake. But let me tell you something. Eons have a beginning and they have an ending. 
In fact, Satan in the scripture is referred to as the prince of the power of the air. He's also referred to as the prince of this age. Guess what word is used there in the original language? It means eon. It means he had a beginning time that God has allowed him to be loose and doing his thing, but God's also got a cutoff time when God comes down and snatches him up and says, that's it, you're done. And that's going to happen when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back after his church. That is all part of the plan. It's been mentioned. Uh, word has come out in tongue and interpretation today. If that is totally foreign to you, that is what that was. So the Lord has spoken. The Lord is coming back. That's been all through the scripture. And people have been talking about it for 2,000 years. He came. In fact, I was, somebody had something on social media the other day, and it was about Advent. I love Advent. Does anybody else love Advent? Now, I grew up in McCall, so I had no idea what Advent was. First time I heard Advent, I was in Bible college, and I was like, what the heck's an Advent? We didn't do no Advent at McCall Pentecostal Holiness Church when I was growing up. And for years, you know what I thought in my mind, I was like, man, I ain't doing Advent. That's so dry religious mess then I got to do an advent one year I was like you know what our church in Columbia we had a bunch of people that were uh, Episcopal and, and uh, Lutheran background and so they came and said pastor would you pray about doing advent so I did and I started studying advent and I was like what have I been where have I been so advent comes from the Latin word adventus which means coming or appearing and in the prophets, there were two things about Jesus, the Messiah. It would be his first appearing, but they also said there would be a second appearing. And folks, I want you to know today that second appearing is coming very quickly. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Gabe, I am totally disconnected for some reason from up here on my iPad, so I need you to just hit me on a little head as I, as I work with you here. Uh, so if you can move me on up. Next slide. Let me see if I can maybe reconnect now. Sometimes this thing um, just gets a mind of its own. This is what I want you to, if you want to put this on social media today, I want you to put worth fighting for. All right, worth fighting for. And how many of you believe some things are worth fighting for? Yes. All right, next, next slide, Gabe, because I can't, still can't connect up here. We'll just fix that later. I saw this. I thought this was funny. Anybody like Lord of the Rings? Watch, watch the little guy on top. Frodo, right? Can y'all see what he says? He says, what are we holding on to, Sam? And Sam says, that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Can I tell you today, there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. I know uh, the other night I was up and I was praying. And in fact, I wrote this in my journal and then I put it on social media. And some people say, Pastor Tim, you be blowing up social media all day long, all night long. Do you ever sleep? Yes, I do. Put stuff on social media a lot. And no, I do not sleep. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you right now, if the apostle Paul were alive today, He'd be blowing social media up all day long. Because you know what? When you get fresh revelation and the Lord shows something to you, you know it's bigger than you are. You want to tell the world about it. I got a doorway to the world called Facebook. 
not doing it for the likes, not doing it for the follows. I'm doing it to get truth and revelation and information into people's paths. Amen? Now, I don't mind putting grandbaby pictures on there too. All you grandparents said amen. amen. <clears throat> I put this on social media because as I said, I was praying the other night and I was thinking about all that's going on in the world. Anybody heard about anything crazy going on in Israel? All right, Hamas, the terrorists come in there on the last day of uh, the Feast of Tabernacles and, and while the, the Jewish people are not expecting anything, boom, these people are paragliding, parasailing, whatever, they're coming in. They're sneaking in, they're coming in by sea, coming up rivers, crossing over, cutting their way through fences and they're coming in and they're, they're cutting people up, they're shooting people, people trying to get away with their families in cars, trying to get out of the subdivisions that are gated and closed and these Hamas terrorists are standing there at the gate shooting people while they're coming toward the gate uh, stopping people on the highway and just shooting entire families in the highway that stuff like that and that's going on all around the world folks don't think it's just happening in Israel because let me tell you something there's some mean people in the world and there's stuff going on that would blow your mind, would make you sick and nauseated, and you'll probably never read about it on social media or mainline media, but let me tell you something that's going on, because you know what? There's a mean devil loose in the world, and there's a lot of people that don't mind letting him lead them and guide them and direct them to murder, rape, pillage, rob, and do all kind of nasty, filthy mess. But can I tell you at, in the same breath, God has amazing people on the earth that will bend over backwards to help people that, can, that God is using to make a difference. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I believe this with every fiber of my being. For every one bad person or mean person or gangster or terrorist that you have on the planet, I believe God's got at least 10,000 righteous and good people that are doing the work of the Lord and will love people and nurture people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, listen, look, 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 look. When you go out of these out of these doors today, I know the first thing gonna be on your mind is, uh, and this is not prophetic, no magic. You ready? First thing on your mind is food truck. Yeah. <laughs> One of, but somewhere when you walk out there today, there's another thing gonna cross your mind, and this is it. Are you ready? This is a beautiful day out here. You know why? We have been preparing for today for about a year. In fact, when we meet next week, our staff will start putting together next year's calendar and uh, all for the entire year, and we'll be sure that we've got our family and friends day on there. So we'll start planning for that then. And I do need to give a big heads up. My ushers, ushers, are y'all listening out there and security team? Are y'all listening? I need y'all to wave at me through the glass in the door. All right, thank y'all. Because they are so awesome. They are so amazing. They got convicted because I called them out before the Lord last week. So I need to build them up a little bit now, all right? <laughs> y'all put your hands together and thank the Lord for our ushers and our security team. So I 
was just saying in context, look, it doesn't matter what you do and how you serve the church. You know what? If you're not right in your heart with God, it doesn't matter anything else. Because in the Bible, Jesus said, there are going to people stand before him and say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We literally exercised demons in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So it doesn't matter what you do in church. It doesn't matter how good you are, how nice you are. What matters, folks, is are you in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sins and have you made him the Lord of your life? So in my context for my brothers, I, I told them, I said, it doesn't matter if you're, and I used them because that's such a high level of commitment. And they serve so strenuously. Have I made up with y'all yet? <laughs> But we do appreciate them. And you know what? Media, nursery, live stream, it takes so much to put on a service of this size, folks. And we appreciate everybody that, that, that pitches in. And so we've got all of these good folk here that are working while we're able to worship and celebrate. And you didn't even know that people were watching cameras even while this service is going on to make sure everybody's behaving because there are mean people in the world. You don't want to come to Northview and be mean. Y'all remember that song that got a little ruckus stirred up a few weeks back? Don't try that in a small town or something like that. We in a small town. So we acknowledge there are mean people and bad people, but I'm going to tell you what, folks, I'm going to say it again. For, I believe for every one of those mean, bad people, bullies, people that take advantage of other people, people that are unfaithful to their spouses. I believe for every one of those, God's got at least 10,000 righteous, 10,000 people that love him that, that will help you in any season of life. Amen. 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 Let me just share this, these thoughts with you very quickly, and I, I, I'll throw you some scripture out in a little bit. I, like I said, I'm just talking. I'm not preachy. Anybody ever heard of this phrase, make America great Again, I, I want to speak to that for just a minute. What did really make America great in days gone by? Let me tell you. Let, Hold your answer because I don't want to bust anybody's bubble because I'm going to dive into the deep end of the pool in a minute. All right. First of all, what made America great again, what made it great in the beginning was not individuals in leadership, even though we were blessed with some great leaders in leadership. And I'm talking 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, up to 2023. And folks, I want to tell you right now, it's not up to uh, please nobody get offended it's not up to a Donald Trump to make America great again and neither is it up to a Democratic candidate for president whether it is the existing president or another one they put on stage whenever they have that primary so I'm going to give you two things that I believe made America great from our conception to where we are right now what made America great, especially in what we would say our heyday, and please don't get offended, folks, but America will never see its heyday again. We are a post 
Christian country. We have become a melting pot of humanity from all around the planet that has brought in all kinds of ideologies and all kinds of philosophies and all kinds of theologies and a lot of those are directly opposed to this book right here. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, this book is what birthed America into its heyday. So what I believe made America great, listen to me now, was dependence upon God and honoring God. Those two things make up number one. We were dependent upon God and we honored God. Even when you go back to 1776, July 4th, did anybody shoot off any fireworks July 4th? What did y'all do? Do kids not still shoot bottle rockets at each other in the streets in front of y'all's house? Do y'all not get on bicycles anymore and tape uh, metal pipes to your handlebars and play chicken with bottle rockets and light it in there and light it and shoot it at each other while you're playing chicken? Okay, well, never mind where I got those ideas from then. In a day gone by, I mean, my call folk I got in here. We used to do that on Marlboro Street. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but folks, going back, even in our inception as a country, our forefathers realized they were dependent upon God and God alone. And when you read their letters, you read their journals, their diaries, you read their things that they wrote, manuscripts and books, they continually talked about the sovereignty of God because they knew in their heart of hearts that God had caused this country to become a reality. And you better hear me, so in, in the history of this nation, in 200 plus years, there's been no other nation in the history of the entire world of humanity that has sent out to the rest of the world more benevolence, more missionaries, more thrust of the gospel into the earth, and no other country has sent out more Bibles around the planet than the United States of America. And that brings me to our, the second thing that made America great, and that was this. They understood, Americans in days gone by understood what it was like to serve people and help other people. So first we had, they were dependent upon God, they honored God, but the second thing is they served others and they were willing to help people in the time of need. So basically what we had was we had selflessness and if we can fast forward to, to 2023, we've got a generation and a paradigm and a culture that has left selflessness behind and is pretty much selfish. If I'm lying, get over it. But how many of y'all believe I'm telling you the truth? We've gone from days gone by in American culture and in American history when Americans were glad they were proud to be an American, but that was a, still, it was a, it was a humility, it was a humbling type of pride. Not today, folks, America, listen, y'all better hear me well. We have in America right now, I believe a demonic plague of pride. And this book that I keep holding up here is called a Bible, B-I-B-L-E. 
basic instructions before leaving earth. I believe this book. I believe this book is inerrant. It means it has no error. It was, it was written by God, but he used men with a pen, with pens in their hands, but God put his Holy Spirit's hand on them and made them write what he wanted. So we have this as the word of God. Are we together here? But this book says pride, before pride, or pride goes before what? Pride goes before? Let me talk to this side over here. I've been talking over here a lot. Let me come over here and talk to y'all. Hey, fellas, how y'all doing? Y'all good? So listen to this. In this culture today in America, we have a generation of Americans that we have, we have been groomed to lean on our own intellect, to lean around our own wisdom, our own understanding, our own strength, our own technology. And right now, y'all better hear me, right now there is a massive group of people in this country that thinks that America is invincible. Write this down if you're taking notes, are you ready? The truth is this, we never were great. We were graced. Amen. I'll say that one more time. We never were great. Not in our own ability. Whatever America has done and accomplished, whatever it's done, World War II, driving back the Germans, liberating uh, concentration camps. Whatever America has done as far as leading the world scene of inventions and vaccines and stuff like that. Whatever America has done to have wealth so in other countries' time of need that, that we could send resources. Now that's being abused. I have a problem. We got, we got folks over in Maui getting $500 from losing everything in a fire, but we can send 500,000 billions of dollars to Ukraine. I've got a problem with men and women who are American citizens who are struggling to make ends meet and oftentimes failing in that struggle, but we can allow illegal immigrants into our country and they get paid as much in benefits from our government than some people working time and a half jobs. And I'm all for helping people. And I'm all for people wanting to leave another country and come to this country and make a better life for themselves. And we've got some brothers and sisters in here that have jumped through the hoops and done that, but they did it the right way. So we have all of these things. The truth is, again, we have been what we thought was great, and we thought we were all that in a bag of chips. Come on, somebody. 1990s, uh, Saddam goes into Kuwait. What do we do? We lead the charge. Because somewhere we've got in our minds that America is the international police. That somebody starts acting the fool in another country, dial 1-900-USA-POPO. 
And folks, am I, do I believe that there are times that we need to arise and we need to, we need to pull together? Yes. But folks, my thing I'm trying to say here is we are not the answer to everybody else's problems when we can't even take care of ourselves. And I start having a real problem because I am a preacher of the gospel, of the good news. And folks, this is not bad news. This is good news. This is real news. This is where we are. But let me tell you something, folks. America is not facing. I asked the Lord why he had me talk about this on family and friends and family day. Family and friends. Can't I just do something nice and cute and sweet and like a huggable little teddy bear or something? America, folks, listen to me, is in trouble. I can't sugarcoat it. I can't whitewash it. We are in trouble. In the 1960s, we took prayer out of school. We spit in the face of God. In the 1970s, we legalized abortion. And in the next, what, 50 years, we saw, what was it? How many, 12 million people ripped to pieces in their mother's womb? Regardless where you stand on that, pro or anti, folks, listen, murder is murder. And one of the problems that God had in, in, in the, the prophets when he was passing judgment on Jerusalem and Israel is he kept saying, you are guilty because there has been innocent blood spilled on your streets. I don't care how you want to tiptoe around that, folks. We have to call that where it is. God is not pleased with that. Right now, America produces, if my memory serves me correct, 70%, those numbers may be off, uh, around 70% of worldwide pornography is produced right here. iPhone 12 Pro. Not, they up to what, 14 or 15 now? How many of y'all got one of these? Hold it up. I'm going to give you a new term today. Are you ready? Cell phone mentia. You're welcome. Cell phone mentia. Because you know what? The word mentia means condition of the mind. Dementia is a bad thing. Uh, so sad to see people just uh, affected by that. See families affected by that. Uh, so literally, dementia means a, a progressively decreasing of the condition of the mind. But I'm calling mine cell phone mentia. All one word in case you want to use it later. All right, so what is this? How many of y'all, how many of y'all, back in the day, when, when we had our minds on, right? If, if Pastor Faye was going down the road and her car caught on fire and she's stuck in it, real Americans would pull over and people from McCall with two knives in their pockets would cut her out of that car. Now, 
people just slow down and go into video mode. I ain't getting no help up in here. Walk by and see somebody on the ground bleeding and hurting and where they've been stabbed or cut. Instead of pulling this thing out and dialing 911, most Americans will now pull it out and go into video mode and stand over them. I ain't getting no help up in here. Kids getting a fight at school? Oh, I'm gonna go there. Kids getting a fight at school? Instead of your real friends running up behind you and getting you in a full Nelson or something and pulling you away, they gonna videotape you either kicking behind or getting your behind kicked. <laughs> Cell phone mention. And not only this, we've got adult men and women all the way down to kids in lower grade schools sending nudes to each other. I said not news, N-E-W-S, I said N-U-D-E-S. Sending naked pictures of their private areas to one another. Oh, I'm gonna have to talk about it today. Some of y'all may never get a chance to speak into your soul again, but today I'm dropping the bomb, all right? Here's the thing. So right now, there's a thing from middle school on up through high school, and it just goes like this. Send nudes. And a lot of guys send it to young ladies, so they'll send them pictures of themselves in the mirror topless. Young lady, if that's you and you think that's going to make you feel significant, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to feel even lower than you did today. You don't need to be sending no boy. No boy. No boy. Let me go ahead. You don't need to send some little chump dog in heat pictures of your body. You are worth more than that. You are worth more than that. You are priceless. If you're listening to this online, you are priceless. You understand that? I don't, if your mama or your daddy doesn't make you feel worthy, let me tell you something. Come to Northview, because you know what? We will love on you. We will acknowledge your significance. We will acknowledge that God said you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He wasn't messing around when he made you. He loves you just like you are, and he wants to make you to be the best you you could ever be. And you come here to Northview on Wednesday night down on Leaves Mill Road at our old, camp, old church. Let me tell you something down there on Wednesday night. They have an awesome youth group. We've got awesome youth leaders. So the next time that dude sends you this little, little short text, send nudes, why don't you hit the button that says block. Yeah, he's going to be real popular when he's sharing those pictures with all his homeboys that you sent him. You're worth more than that. You are worth more than that. We got youth all over this building. If you believe, not just the, I'm talking to the adults. I'm talking to mamas, daddies, aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas. If you believe they're worth more than that, I want you to give them the biggest shout and let them know you love them today.
Yeah, you know why? You know why I'm talking about this stuff today? Because we're dealing with these things in our culture and some things are worth fighting for, y'all. And if you're dealing with a lack of self-worth, let me go ahead and tell you something. God loved you so much before you ever took your first breath. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you to be the price that was paid for your salvation. Jesus loved you so much that he gave of himself. God the Father would bankrupt heaven so he gave the most valuable thing he could have to get you back. And that was the prince of heaven, the lamb of God, the darling of glory, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And God the Father didn't twist his arm when God the Father looked at him and said, what will we do? Jesus said, I will go. And he came. And brother, what he did on that cross, he didn't halfway do it either. He did it all the way. So whoever, whoever, he who the son sets free, is free indeed. You're worth more than that. Let me wrap this thing together. Folks, time as we know it in this, in this planet with humanity, with this nation, is coming to a screaming halt soon. I've mentioned Israel three or four times already, and that is pivotal because God made a covenant. God made a promise with a man named Abram later changed his name to Abraham all the way back in Genesis 12, the first book of the Bible, the 12th chapter. Say it, Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Right there, God came to this man, Abram, and God made a covenant, which is a God-sized promise. He made a covenant with Abraham. He said he was going to bless the earth through Abraham. He said he was going to curse those that cursed Abraham. He was going to bless those that blessed Abraham. He said, and through you, Abraham, when he got over to Genesis 15, he renewed it. He said, through you, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. And he was talking about sending his son, Jesus, who we just talked about. God was going to send his son through the family line of Abraham. God also made Abraham promises and covenants about that land over there and his seed inheriting that land. And folks, let me tell you something. If you think you've done something that God can't love you or God won't love you, you don't have that in you. Because you know what he says? This book says that God will keep his covenant to a thousand generations. So when God says, I love you, he's not gonna stop loving you. Somebody all say, thank God for that. So it's very important today that we understand what happens in Israel. We need to keep our eyes on that. We need to keep our finger on that as a pulse as to what God is doing in the rest of the world. Now, if you hadn't heard yesterday, uh, several news outlets had this from Politico because it came out as a report from the Pentagon that China acknowledges they have 300 nuclear warheads. Excuse me, not 300. 500, I was off. Attached to missiles that could reach the United States of America.
This morning at 6.30 a.m., a, a very popular news source says, U.S. puts more troops on ready-to-deploy status and prepares missile defense in the Middle East. How many of y'all like roller coasters? What is wrong with you sick people? How many remembers white lightning back in the day? Anybody? All right. Who doesn't know anything about white lightning? Raise hands. All right. So let me tell you all about white lightning. Okay. So you got in this thing. They strapped you in. They, they hunkered you in. And y'all remember that guy? You know, always it was some cocky teenage good-looking guy. I thought he was all that in a bag of chips just trying to flirt with the girls, right? So he goes over there. And remember, he'd be talking to you. And then he would say, what would he say? White lightning strikes now. And he hit that button. And remember, you're sitting there. And boy, you went from zero to 100 and like, I mean, you're gone, man, right? Okay, then you had Thunder Road. So white lightning, it just went, I mean, you go on, man. You go up there, you flip, you do the over and under thing. You, you go, how many of y'all ever sat at the front of it? Y'all remember that big ball when it, you did the loop-de-loop -loop and you would go back, it went like straight up and at the top it had that big red bar it used to. And if you were on the front, man, it's like, oh my God, we're gonna go right off the end of this thing. But it's like you got right there and it would stop and it would sit there for a second. All of a sudden it goes, you do it backwards. And then there was Thunder Road. So White Lightning was kind of like, hit it and get it. Boom, you're gone. Thunder Road. You went all over North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee. <laughs> so Thunder Road or any roller coaster, how many of you ever ridden a roller coaster when you do so, you know, you come down the hill, you come down fast, and then you start going back up the hill and it starts going. What's happening? It's pulling you up. Once you crest that hill, then what's going to happen? That thing's pulling you up. The incline, you get to the top, you crest the hill, and then what? If you've heard anything I've told you today, you better hear me well right here. Right now, the United States of America and the world is on And everything that's happening in Israel, with Gaza, Israel and Hamas, Israel and Hezbollah in the north, and Syria's threatened stuff, Iraq, Iran is threatened. In fact, Gabe, do I have that little map on this thing here? Yeah. Y'all see that? Y'all see all this? Y'all see those big old countries? That was, y'all see it there? You got Libya, Egypt, Sudan, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'm just looking at the big ones. Iran, Turkey, uh, all these big old things. And you can't even, where you're sitting at, you can't even see Israel hardly. You got all these big old conglomerate nations with all this land mass, and you got this little tiny sliver of dirt called Israel. And people, you better listen well. You better keep your eyes on where that arrow is pointing 
because that is the pulse of what's happening in the world. And according to these scriptures, the Old Testament were written by prophets out of Israel and Judah. When that nation had a, had a, a civil war and split, same folk though, you better hear me well, they've talked about how they're coming back. He's coming back. Amen? Amen. Look at somebody saying, he is coming back. I thank God for the United States of America. Let me give you three quick things, and I'm, I'm fixing to turn it over. Miss Sharon, aren't you giving some instructions? You can come on make your way up here. <clears throat> Let me give you three quick things. How you can make your world a better place. Just three quick things. You ready? How you can make your world a better place. Look, you may not be able to help these crazy people over there in these terrorist countries, but here's how you can make your world. What is your world? It's my sphere of influence. Some of us have a very small sphere of influence. Some of us have a very large sphere of influence, but nonetheless, we have a large sphere of influence. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an influencer. Okay, let me just say one thing. I read a lot. Fox News had an article this past week. A lady was a, a high school English teacher. She quit, quit her job and started doing porn. And she, as a she, young lady, as of this week, the news article said, and she's boasting that she is now living the American dream. Listen, listen, listen. Because she just made her first $1 million. I read through that some of that article. I didn't read the whole thing. But when I read that line right there, I heard the words of Jesus screaming in my soul. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Is God against you being a millionaire? No, I want you to be a millionaire and pay your tithes to Northview. <laughs> we... We still got some work to do on that Restoring Hope Center outreach warehouse and building. So whatever the Lord says to you, do it. But here's the thing. You don't need to be doing that nasty stuff to get, to get ahead in life. So to me, that concept of the American dream is the American nightmare. Three things right here, how to make your world better. If, if some things are worth fighting for, what can I do to help? In these days, what can I do to help my smear? My smear? How can I help smear people with my influence? Well, you get anointing oil in your hand, fill it up real good, just walk around dabbing everybody, all right? Smear it good. How can I help people in my sphere of influence? This is it. Ready? Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. My wife taught me this song when we were freshly married and we used to teach children's church when I was in college, in Bible college. Are y'all ready? It's Ephesians 4.32. You're going to have to sing it before you leave here today. You're not getting that food truck till you sing it. I'm going to tell you right now. So I'm going to go through it the first time. Here we go. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Look it up in your Bible. That's your hymnal if you need to. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Two, 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 do Boom, 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 boom. Ephesians 4.32. I was expecting a standing ovation. I'm just playing. 
Ephesians 4.32. Be ye kind. Be kind. That's the first thing. You want to help your world be a better place? My world, I, I, I'm not over there in Israel. I'm right here in North Carolina and South Carolina. I can make my world a better place. This is my world right here. We're all a part of that world, but this is my world. Be ye kind. Say that to yourself. Say, self, be kind. Be kind. That's number one. Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted. That's, that's number two right there. It's just coming straight out of the text, y'all. Tenderhearted. How many of y'all ever heard of offended people? You got anybody mad at you right now? You had anybody mad at you this week? Why y'all talking so much? What y'all doing? Here's the thing, y'all. The opposite of tenderhearted is hardhearted. And when we get mad and offended and see here, offended people hear stuff, they'll start hearing. You'll be telling somebody offended something and they will hear something you are not saying because that offense hardens their heart and makes their mind become clouded. So what we need to do is we need to guard our heart. If my world's gonna be a better place, I've gotta be a better person. So I'm gonna be kind and I'm gonna be tenderhearted. Now that's hard for some of us. That was hard for me because I grew up hard and I grew up mean and uh, I'd throw up a wall, man, in, in a minute. Somebody make me mad or upset me, I'd cut you off. Ask my wife. She has to get on to me still. Don't cut them off. Because that's my, that's my nature. That's my McCall Red Devil nature. Cut you, I mean, cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. Be tender-hearted. Third thing, forgiving one another. God Almighty. You know, I mentioned in the 1970s we, we legalized abortion. And no matter where you stand on that pro or anti, let me tell you something. From that time on, we have seen a diluting of the worth of human life. That's why now you can see, you can go on almost any news site and you'll see some video of somebody randomly walking down the street just pulling out a gun and shooting somebody that they don't even know. What is up with that? Now some of us are packing and we pack because we made a covenant with the CWP folk. We're going to defend the defenseless. I'm not packing for myself. I'm packing to help take care of somebody who can't take care of themselves. So don't, you might want to be careful with all that stuff. But the truth is people have lost the worth of life. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's the nail and all of that that drives all of those home with one nail. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Everybody stand to your feet with me. Be ye kind. You want Miss Kim to come sing it with me? No. It's her birthday. It's my birthday. I can sing if I want to. Be ye kind. One to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, 
even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Toot, toot, tootly do. Boom, 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 boom. Ephesians 4.32. One more time. Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Amen. You can be seated just for a second. I want to extend my welcome to everybody for being with us, for friends and family today. And I want to read this verse to you. Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, koinonia, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Why do we do Friends and Family Day? It's all about koinonia. It's about us having the opportunity to fellowship with one another as one big faith family. We don't get to do that often, so I just want to encourage us today. Mingle, talk to people that you don't usually get to talk to, fellowship with one another. That's what strengthens us as a faith family. That's what gives us fortitude and things to fight against the enemy with. God made us a body of Christ for a reason. He made us a faith family for a reason. So let's be family today. I want to thank everybody that has worked so hard to make this day a success. There's lots of pieces to put together when you are doing an event like this. And there have been a lot of people that have been working hard for a long time behind the scenes. Some things that will never be um, seen by us, but people have been working hard to get it done. So thank you so much for every single person that has put your hand to the plow in any way, shape, or form to make this event a success. So I'm going to give you some instructions for how we're going to...